0: Hello, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and this week I'm with Jay Leno, the host of the recently revived You Bet Your Life, and we are Talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by making the media, a podcast from Avid exploring the forces that shape the media, news and entertainment business. The latest episode focuses on education, as schools, colleges and universities get set to resume after the summer break. Host Craig Wilson speaks to Tom Rooms from Thomas More University in Belgium about the challenges facing new students entering the job market, how the university tries to innovate to stay ahead of trends and how they are training journalists to work in a transmedia world. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Hello, talking TV watchers and listeners. We want to hear from you. What subjects inside of the industry do you wanna hear about? Who do you wanna see in the guest share? What are the most essential things that we should be talking about when we talk TV? If you're a media executive, manager, or professional in the C-suite, whether you're in the newsroom or the sales office, we want your ideas. And if it's a really good one, we have a gift for you, a free conference pass to the NAB show from October 9th through 13th in Las Vegas. All you have to do is email me, Michael Depp, the editor of TV NewsCheck and host of Talking TV at mcdepp at newscheckmedia.com. You can see it here on your screen and share your thoughts, your best ideas. If they are really good, we're going to give you a conference pass to the NAB show, and I hope to see you there. Hello, Jay. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you being here to talk about your revival of You Bet Your Life, which is a game show going back all the way to 1947 with Groucho
1: Marx. It uh, actually goes back further than that. It was a radio show before that. I think it started in 39, so wow. it's a yeah, some, some mystery there. And some revivals. This is not the first.
0: There was uh, Buddy Hackett and, and Bill Cosby, I think, uh, down the road.
1: Yeah, what happened with Cosby? I got to <laughs> see what, what went on. Some kind of mix up or something. I we'll find kind of, out more. Uh, well, you know, well, I'll find out later. Let us know, please. Come
0: back to us on that. So um, then, now you're involved with this this new iteration from Fox First Run. Tell me, how did you come to be attached with this project?
1: Um. I was looking for something to do. It's a show I always liked. You know, jaywalking, which you used to do on the Tonight Show is really an offset of watching Groucho when I was a kid because he would just talk to people and the conversation rarely had anything to do with what the show was about. And then, all right, let's play the game. So jaywalking is really just kind of like you bet your life without the the game part of it. Uh, And I learned from doing that that almost everybody has something funny. Sometimes they're funny because they're so boring. Sometimes they're funny because they're so obnoxious. And sometimes they're funny just because they're funny. But almost, you know, when we did jaywalking, we did it for 22 years. We did it probably two or three times a week sometimes. And never did once we have a situation of, oh, you humiliated me. I look stupid. People always felt they were in on the joke and they had fun with it. And that's what I liked about it. We didn't Denigrate anybody or humiliate them. You weren't looking for the crazy homeless guy. We're looking for just normal people, nicely dressed, walking down the street. Can we ask you questions, sir? Yes, whatever it might be. And people had fun with it, you know. Even even ones like today might like on Black History Month. We walked out and we stopped African Americans. You know, African American. Yes, I do. You know, what does NAACP stand for? Uh, I, I don't know. And 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 it would be funny, and they would laugh, and they would be in on the joke. And we, we, we had a good time on when, uh, it, when I can't remember, it was some woman's holiday, I think it was celebrating when women got the vote. We went out, we just stopped women and we asked them about that. And most women, most women under 25 thought women got the vote in 1966, which just astounded me. But I don't know why, but confusing it with the Civil Rights Act. So it was always a lot of fun and it didn't take a lot of preparation. So when the idea of this show came around, I've been approached to do a couple of other game shows, but they're mostly of the, Uzbekistan has how many people, and it's what sort of government? Oh, I don't know, I don't care about Uzbekistan. It, there was nothing fun about it, it was just question and answer. Whereas this, people come in and they, I read their bio or what they, and they have some, you know, we had a guy the other day who said he was the human computer and he can, like when he goes in a restaurant, his friends are astounded by the fact that he can figure out the 15% of the bill. So I said to him, okay, what's 15% of $500? And he says, okay, 10% is $50. And I go, wait, wait, first of all, you're the human computer, okay. I, I'm i dyslexic and I go, wait, 10% is $50. So You should have had this figured out by now. And it just, it just made me laugh, but this guy said, oh, no, I'll get it. And then he came up, oh, okay. It just just odd, just some woman who thought she was a ventriloquist. I say, oh, could you? And she go, hi, how, are you, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I go, okay, that's not really ventriloquism. You're just mashing in your teeth and talking. Uh, it's just odd, just very bizarre. And it's just interesting. And you realize everybody, I think, has one story. We had a guy who looked like Santa Claus, and he was Santa Claus at Christmas. I said, what do you do when you're not Santa Claus? He goes, I'm a stripper. I go, really? I said, did the parents know? Have you ever been recognized as Santa Claus? I mean, some woman brings her child and she was at the bachelor party. We he goes, no, I haven't had that happen. I said, what well, do you think it'll happen now? He goes, no, I never thought about that. I go, yeah, you gotta think ahead, you know. Right, you might lose right. your Santa Claus gig if people know you're... And you just, and then, okay, ready to play the game and then you play the game and they can win or lose, whatever it might be. So uh that's what i liked about it i asked who owned it and who owned the rights to it and any interested in bringing it back and they all said yes and we said okay and uh, we started doing it and that's pretty much it so
0: for people don't who don't know how you actually play the game can you just paint a brief picture okay
1: okay you and i would talk and then we have like okay and then i would say are you ready to play the game okay i'm gonna ask you uh uh, five questions. Uh, question number five is a double nothing question. You can win up to $5,000. You just say the secret word, you get $500. Da, 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 da. And then you just, and then you have two strangers who don't meet until they walk out there for the first time. This is my favorite part of the show. I love the diversity angle of it because we have, you know, most game shows in a, the tape in California tend to use contestants we're probably 30 miles away from the studio, apparently. There's enough people here. But there's a certain blasé that comes of living in Los Angeles and television. So we started a year ago sending out feelers. If you'd like to be on TV, if you'd like to be on this game show, we'll fly you in and give, put you up in a hotel and all that kind of stuff, give you a per diem. Uh, and we got folks from the Bayou, but folks from Maine, Connecticut. You know, we had a guy the other day that really made me laugh. He was about 65 years old. He was the attendant at the town dump in North Carolina, and I just love the fact that he called it the dump. I see here in L.A. that would be, you know, the organic recycling something, but he just called it the dump. You know, old white guy. We pair him up with a young woman, African American woman, and the topic was TV shows in the '90s, and Sister Sister was one of the shows. You remember that show? It was yeah that,
0: vaguely. Mm-hmm.
1: I think kind of an African American cast. And the old white goes oh so and he knew every answer he knew every person. And he goes i love that show it's my favorite show and it it, it it was it was just very funny because it was sort of a juxtaposition and the young african-american woman was how do you know this show? he goes oh i love that show and do you remember so-and-so who played so-and-so and she goes well, yeah kind of okay ba-da-da-da. and and they hit it off and they had a great time and then you realize uh, maybe i'm being incredibly naive here but. You know most people want to do the right thing most people want to get along with one another and that's what you see on the show we 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 had some people from jamaica we had people from nigeria come on the show people from just all over the place every ethnic group straight gay whatever and there's no politics on the program that was one of the rules no politics at all because nothing you know i've had more thanksgiving dinners ruined by politics than really almost anything else and it really makes the show fun and you realize if you don't discuss politics, you can actually get along with people you wouldn't get along with if you were discussing politics, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I don't know. Am I babbling or is that my No, 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 that makes sense. so.
0: So is COVID presenting any trouble? You have a live studio audience too,
1: right? We do. COVID does present a problem and in instead of having 200 people, we have probably 35, 40 people. They've all been vaccinated, they have to have the car, they have to have all the, you gotta wear a mask, you gotta do all that. That, that makes it a little tricky, but not impossible. How does uh, it
0: feel for you as the host? Does it make it feel weird a little bit?
1: Well, you know, I've, as a comedian, I played just horrible strip joints, army bases, outside, uh, you know, Afghanistan. Uh, Bargerman barerer the dropping bomb, you're telling Joe. So you kind of get used to those kind of things. So it's just another thing in the way, and you work around it. You know, I don't you tell me what the circumstances are, and we'll try to make it work. That's basically the attitude you can't throw a hand. well, i I can't work under these conditions. i'm a, I'm an artist, you know it's comedy is not that kind of thing. You just sort of make do with what you have. And actually, it's good. You know the people are so anxious to get out and have some fun, win some money that it's uh, it's okay. I mean it's it's a hindrance, but it's not impossible.
0: And this show brings you back with Kevin Eubanks
1: reunites you. Oh, that's great fun. I, I love working with Kev. You know, Kev is probably one of the greatest jazz guitarists in the world, and he was in the band at the Tonight Show, and he was the guy I would always, always go to. And I remember one night I was doing the monologue, and Kev said, "Jay." That joke wasn't funny. I go, Kev, I'm working, you know, and people thought this was so funny. And I said, Kev, just follow your instinct. If you want to interrupt me, interrupt me, go ahead. Okay, and then we sort of got a, a riff going, and then I would always hear his voice behind the funnier headlines. Kev, here's one, and I would say it, you know. And so I thought he would be a good guy to do this show with. And it works out perfectly. He plays sort of the George Fenneman role, if you remember the old grouch. I go, Kev, who've you got today? Jay, I got two people ones of this and ones of this and they're going to meet here and uh, okay let's bring them out and we go back and then kev will sometimes interject and ask a question or or comment or whatever it might be but it 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 works really really well i i feel really good about this have you seen any of the test shows or anything have they I saw about
0: a minute uh so so not not enough to get a flavor okay. of, I, 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 that that sense.
1: Sense. yeah
0: so uh do you are you bringing any bits over from the tonight show anything carrying?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, headlines, this, I, I, I enjoy that. Those are non-political. Uh, because we're doing 180 shows in 12 weeks, uh, topicality is really not a luxury we can do, which is fine because topical jokes don't really have any sort of shelf life. So headlines, comedy bits, funny tapes, uh, the monologue is maybe two and a half, three minutes. We try to keep it moving fast you know one of the i think one of the big mistakes of strip shows like this especially comedy shows the sketches just go on too long because they're looking for an ending the opening joke is funny and then you go god how long is this sketch you know whereas this we keep it real short two and a half minutes, boom and then we start the game and then you're kind of rolling you know
0: yeah yeah i I just a couple of other things i want to ask you Uh, first of all this covid period of a year and a half how's it been for you
1: Look, I'm lucky. This happened at the end of my career, not the beginning. At the beginning, it would have been devastating. I mean, I feel so sad for young comics, young musicians, because when I came to town, you could be a waiter or a waitress, or you could stand up in a club and pass the hat and make six bucks or eight bucks or buy lunch or dinner or whatever it might be. You can't do any of that anymore. So I don't even feel I have the right to complain. I've, I've been very successful, and it's all gravy past this point. So yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I I'm working tonight, I'm working tomorrow, I'm working next time. There are a couple of clubs here in town that I've been doing, and I enjoy doing that and talking with young performers, young comedians, and getting back on the road. I mean, I did a lot of Zoom shows, a lot of corporate shows during the COVID period. It's it's like never explain, never complain. You know, your job is to tell jokes and have fun and entertain people. So to Kind of bitch and moan about a oh, woe is me i know I, I can't do that i've been very fortunate i've been very lucky so uh it, it's an inconvenience and it, it's awkward but it's not nearly as bad as it is for just somebody who's halfway through a screenplay that the studios are going to buy or a tv show that was just starting development and then it stopped i mean uh i i really feel for those folks it's it's really terrible so for me to complain that uh, oh, gosh, I didn't get something. Uh, yeah, no, it's not right.
0: Right, right. And just just lastly, I, I got to ask you, Go ahead. With, with everything going on in the world, and, uh, do you miss being behind the Tonight Show desk? Would you want to be hosting right now amid everything that's no. happening?
1: Well, you know, when times are serious, you do silly jokes. When times are silly, you do serious jokes. If I say that right? I'm dyslexic. Uh, and, you know, people always said, oh, when Trump is... President, it's going to be great for you. No, it's not. It's really worse when you don't like the people you're making fun of. When you have a certain affection for them. You know, uh, with President Bush, I could go, I don't think President Bush quite understands this. And then you do the joke and people start to snicker and get the laugh going, you know. With Trump, it's such a, it was such a divisive period. It's either love or hate. And you, you're always going to lose half the audience no matter what you do. Uh, this show has been sold in just about 100% of the markets, 98%, 90, something like that. Mainly on the premise of no politics. We're not going to make fun of Biden, not going to make fun of Trump. We don't even go there. It's just about people and everyday life. And, and that's what seemed to sell it. That's what seemed to be a huge stuff. Because every station owner you talk to goes, I got this show, but it's starring so-and-so. And they're for or against or left or right, or whatever it might be. And they're always losing half the audience. So the idea here is just plain old escapist television. It's silly, it's fun, it moves quickly. Everybody seems to have a good time. And they, we just have some interesting pairings. You know, we had, this, we had this huge guy. He's about 6566, African-American guy. And he was teamed up with this 75-year-old lady and they were so excited. He picked her up like she was a raggedy Andy doll. She's going like this with her. He's going, hey, 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 and the two of them are having the time. She's laughing and slapping him on the back, and they were having a lot of, it's just fun. It's just fun to see people just having fun, having a good time. Even when they lose, the most you can win on the show is $5,000. That's not going to change anybody's life. It might change your week or your month, but it's not going to change your own life, so it's not like oh my gosh, I went double to nothing and lost a quarter million dollars. You know, it's not like that. So you win a few bucks, you have some fun. That's basically what it is.
0: That sounds great. Sounds like good fun. So
1: I hope so. I think so. I, I feel real good about it. I mean, I'm pretty much a realist. I don't uh, I don't have laugh here. I don't think everything you do is funny. So I like to kind of watch you. But the reactions that we get, you know, we had a bunch of station owners in the other day and... And the guy said to me you know, i usually just come to these things for 10 minutes but i stayed for three shows this was fun i liked it I said, oh thanks well thanks for buying the show blah blah you know so yeah i, I feel good about it I, I think it'll be uh i think it'll do well
0: yeah well it sounds like you're having a good time with it so uh good to see this revival coming around look forward to watching it and uh thank you so much jay Leno, for being here today Well, thanks a new episode of talking tv is available most fridays on tvnewscheck.com you can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Talking TV is edited by Alyssa Wesley. The music is by Andrew Melinda. And it's produced and hosted by me, Michael Depp. Talking TV is a production of TV News Check.